You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Getting back into our division by division NFL draft wraps. We are on to the NFC South today. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where you can find us, get some questions in. We're going to cover the schedule, I think, later on this week, probably get into that Thursday, might have some time for some questions there. But once we finish the divisions this week, which will take us through Friday, next Monday or Tuesday maybe I think is a good day to have a big post-draft, get ready for the new season. Many camps are happening, rookie camps are happening, mailbag, and dive into a deep one there. But, uh, but uh, you know, we were thinking about doing that today, Matt, on this Tuesday, but I think we'll pass, finish the divisions, and get into a big mailbag next week. That sound good to you? Yeah, sounds great to me. So we got... Uh... NFC South here, and we're seeing a couple, uh, you know, veterans getting signed here and there, and we'll address that as the week goes on as well. It, those goes, those signings don't, you know, affect the comp pick formula, so that's the beauty of them happening now. So we're going to start with the Falcons here, right? Yeah, actually, really quick, just seeing this as we started recording, Colt hmm. Brennan. Did you see the Colt Brennan news? Former No, the uh, Hawaii quarterback? Yeah, former Hawaii quarterback. I think he was in the league for a cup of coffee. Um, I don't remember where he ended up getting drafted. Was it the Broncos? He was like a seventh round pick, maybe. I yeah, highly sure productive at the college level. Oh, crazy! Like five thousand yards, June Jones offense, uh, spread out for days. But uh, he passed away at the age of thirty-seven. Uh. Sadly, today I think there was a, it was an alcohol related issue. Um, he, his father tried to, I'm just getting this scrapped together bit of news here. His father tried to check him into a facility, but the facility was full and they didn't know that they had released him. And then he was found dead. So a really sad story there. Colt Brennan passed away at the age of 37, man. That is, that's just way too young. Yeah, I thought you were going to say he's a new coach somewhere or something (laughs) good. Man, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's a huge bummer there. yeah, that's unfortunate, obviously. I hope everything, I hope the best for his family and all the people he touched in this world. That, that I mean, we're, I don't know if you on the East Coast stayed up for those games, but those were awesome games, those midnight. I mean, they were they were still going at midnight on the West Coast. So, I mean, yeah, this was right. like late, late night games that started like uh, May, like I think sometimes it started like 10 p.m., uh, uh, on the on the West on Coast, Western, even yeah. yeah, and but it was so fun to watch. There was the Colt Brennan years, Timmy Chang. Uh, do you remember uh, Ashley Lalee? Ashley Lalee, first yeah. round pick, right? I was about to mention him. Those yeah, they slung it. I mean, I <laughs> I'm not making light of the situation, obviously, but uh, I I always wonder why Hawaii couldn't recruit better. You know, like obviously it's not easy to get there, but yeah. once you're there, you gotta like it. You know, like I. I would think you could convince some five-star dudes that are 17 years old to take a flight to Hawaii and spend their next four years there. Maybe it's really rough on the travel to play your away games, and it's just not oh, it's a great awful, situation. Yeah. But I, I'm the same way. If you're a college recruit and you got an Hawaii. offer from Hawaii, that seems like it would be pretty darn cool rather than going <laughs> right. to some you know podunk town in, in college football. But yeah, maybe that's just me. Yeah, or even... 
get the best coach in the world. You know, like yes. when, Bel- when Belichick retires, he should be the Hawaii head coach. You know, <laughs> what, I mean? awesome. you know what I mean? Turn Hawaii into this powerhouse right. football program. Absolutely. Yeah, I, that, I'm with you on that. I, do, I don't get that at all. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, the road games are brutal, but the home games are rough on the opponent, you know, That's in terms true. of jet lag and whatnot. That's very true. Maybe there's just not the budget for them to be good because of all the travel costs and other things that are involved with uh, with, with and maybe you're just sort of stuck there and you can't jam back home whenever you want because it's too expensive. And mm-hmm. uh, I, but man, Hawaii, so be it. Four see, years, it seems five years. Like, yeah, they should be a powerhouse. And by the way, put a <laughs> maybe put a pro team. I guess there's not enough folks on the island to, for a pro team right, to right, survive. Right. But um, anyway, I'd coach that squad for a while. <laughs> That'd be fun. Be, <laughs> be fun to be, uh, yeah, a front office person as long as you uh, you weren't on the road and you could hang out in the front office and uh, yeah. have, you know, I'm sure just about beachfront offices wherever, uh, whenever you wanted to beach beachfront meetings, right? I mean, that would be I, fantastic. I think that's what Belichick or one of these great NFL coaches, Andy Reid seems perfect for it in his Hawaiian shirts, you know, just yeah. retire, <laughs> sit back and recruit and have some young guys run the offense and defense and go to luau's and eat pig roasts and drink pina coladas and recruit like crazy and build a powerhouse. I guess that's essentially what June Jones did about, I guess, you know, yeah. about 15 years ago. Crazy. Anyway. We got to talk Atlanta Falcons here. Yeah, NFC South. Some very interesting drafts here in the NFC South. And I just saw some video of the Atlanta Falcons draft room when they made the selection. And it sounded like they were pretty excited that the 49ers did not take Kyle Pitts and they did take a quarterback. It did not get the vibe watching this video that they were in the quarterback market at pick number four. I think they honed in on Kyle Pitts early. They even got a phone call from the Detroit Lions while they're on the clock and said nope we're sticking and we're picking here and it was Kyle Pitts the selection at number four about as high as a tight end has ever gone in the NFL draft a super talented player height weight speed he has everything you're looking for and was really the one prospect in this draft after Trevor Lawrence that nobody could poke holes in oh without question and I did get the feeling coming from new head coach and owner Hey, we're working with Matt Ryan here. I mean, it would have been interesting, I think, if Lance would have fallen, if your Niners would have taken Mac Jones or something like that. Is it a decision? I think the answer is no. I think Pitts, Pitts is the guy they wanted from from the start. And I do think it's an interesting conversation, kind of like the Bengals. Should we take a receiver or left tackle? Should we take the quarterback or the best player on the board? You know, there's some philosophical issues there. I'm not sure there's a wrong answer for either team, but Pitts – teamed with Ridley and they added some linemen and they really didn't add a running back. I mean, they're going to throw so much and Julio, I wonder if Julio is on the trade block. I mean, I kind of feel like if you're going to make the pits pick and roll with Ryan, you might as well roll with Julio too and give it a shot. Yeah. Try to outscore some people. Uh, Mm -hmm. They did go to the defensive side of the ball. Richie Grant, they traded up for the central Florida safety they traded up or did they trade back from Denver? Did they move back? Oh no, the, that's yeah. where Denver grabbed Javante Williams. Yes. So Denver moved up a few spots. So Denver went up. Falcons went back, got UCF safety Richie Grant in round two. In round three, yeah. they went with uh Michigan offensive tackle guard, Jalen Mayfield, Darren Hall, cornerback in round four, Drew Dahlman. Pick I like there with their second selection. They had two picks in the top ten of day three. Uh, center out of Stanford, which actually I want to pause there for a second. Drew Dahlman, that was an interesting pick because they just drafted last year's Drew Dahlman in Matt Hennessy 
as yeah. that guy who's a really athletic center who could get out and, and run the wide zone stuff. There must have been something, and, and, and Hennessy couldn't really get into the lineup last year. Obviously, they have Alex Mack on the team, but I thought Alex Mack would have been a player that the Falcons might have traded maybe at the deadline when it looked like they could be, you know, not a playoff team and gone with the rookie in Hennessy. And not only did that not happen, and Hennessy couldn't win a job uh, starting along the offensive line, then they drafted maybe a guy to replace him already in Drew Dahlman out of Stanford. What did you think about that pick? That I thought that was interesting. They must not like Hennessy as much as uh, I thought they might have last year when they drafted him in the third round. That was my initial thought, too, is it like when they drafted him, like, oh, that's back successor. They're they're out of the center race. I could see them adding a guard slash tackle type. And I, I, I'm not a Mayfield fan, but getting him in the third round, I mean, okay. I mean, I didn't like him in the first round mocks, but in the third, great. I think you and I both really like Dahlman. You know, I, I, I kind of joked before the draft, he's going to be a niner. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, a really active, plug-and-play, smart uh, zone center. And, you know, this staff didn't draft Hennessy. So maybe they didn't see what the other staff saw in him. And Hennessy also could play guard. So maybe that's part of the equation, too. Out of their first five selections, three offensive players, only two defenders, one safety, one corner with uh, San Diego State's Darren Hall there in the fourth round. Then Taquan Graham, Texas defensive tackle, uh, Ogan Deji. That's what shocked me the most, to be honest with you. Like, you knew they were going to go offense at four. Yeah, you just had no choice no defense four. But uh, I thought the rest of the uh, – they'd go heavy defense at that point on, and they really didn't. A couple defenders late there on day three with a defensive tackle, a D-end, Avery Williams, another corner out of Boise State, then Frank – Frank Darby, the uh, Arizona State wide receiver. An interesting draft there. Uh, When you look at it as a whole, two positions that aren't usually thought of as the high-impact cornerstone positions in tight end at safety that they drafted Mm -hmm. first with some obvious glaring needs on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and safety was a big problem area. Obviously a need pick. Um, One name uh, you you just threw out there I just want to talk about a little bit is the fifth-round pick, Avery Williams, out of Boise State. I don't have his resume in front of me, but he has insane special teams production, kick blocks, you know, score, touchdowns on special teams. So he's he might be the uh, Jackie Slater's kid, you know, type of pick. I mean, he may be a great, great special teamer and maybe he fits in a corner or not, but he's just an interesting player. Avery Williams is a stud special teamer. Uh, Matthew Slater? Matthew Slater, yeah. yeah. Let's see. I was a Jackie Slater's kid. Yeah, that, no, yeah, that, yeah, that makes right. perfect sense. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Some football player, Avery Williams. Yeah, a little shorter. He's like 5'8", 5'9", 190 pounds. But uh, he returned six punts for touchdowns and three kickoffs for touchdowns in his career at Boise State. So, yeah, yeah. that's a special teams pick on day three, a guy who's absolutely going to stick. Yep, absolutely. And then maybe you give, he gives you a little something on defense, too, which would be a bonus, I'm sure, at that point for that style of player in Avery Williams. I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, interesting player. Uh, their last pick, too, Frank Darby, was somebody that had a lot of buzz a year ago. Didn't have a great senior or final season at Arizona State. Maybe he can factor in a not real deep wide receiver room. Arizona State's had a nice run of wide receivers, and mm-hmm. people thought he was going to be the next, next to Nikhil Harry, Brandon Ayuk. They thought Frank Darby was going to be that guy this year for Arizona State, and he didn't quite turn out that way. No, didn't test great either, but he may be a better pro than he was final year at Arizona State. All right, let's move on to the rest of the NFC South next. Hey, NFL fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, 
is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafit, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenix Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. And if you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenix. Text the word DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. How have win totals changed in your mind for NFL teams following the 2021 NFL Draft at Bet Online? 12.5 over under for those Kansas City Chiefs. 11.5 for the team that beat them in the Super Bowl. Over under 11.5 wins for the Tampa Bay Bucks, 10.5 for the Ravens, the Bills, the 49ers at the bottom end of the spectrum. Texans, four wins is the over under in Houston. Offensive, defensive rookies of the year, NFL, in addition to NFL futures, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, all the big events, TV events, even reality TV, poker, table games, find it all at betonline.ag. Can't forget horse racing, triple crown. Get all the latest odds and info for all your sporting needs. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Go to the website or use the mobile app to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm on board. There's a couple of new regimes in the NFL that have put together two very good drafts, the Jets and Carolina Panthers to me. And the Carolina Panthers famously went all defense last year. Every single one of their seven draft picks were on the defensive side of the ball. They started out there on the defensive side of the ball in this draft, then had a number of offensive players. But the big question here is always going to be, okay, you went and traded a second rounder for Sam Darnold, and you still passed on the two quarterbacks that were available for you at pick eight in Justin Fields and Mac Jones and went with the first defensive player in this draft, cornerback J.C. Horn from South Carolina. Yeah, and again, sort of a philosophical question. Should you pass on, you know, a quarterback even though you have you have an investment in Sam Darnold? Is that enough? Is that going to regret it? I mean, I think when we look back three, four, five years, that's going to be a conversation for several of these teams, as you mentioned, including Atlanta, who we talked about. Um, but I was a little shocked Horn went ahead of certain, but not really. I mean, he's an aggressive guy from that area of the country. Man coverage brings attitude. I get it. And then they went heavy offense after that. And he was like 95th percentile athlete, maybe even 98th percentile athlete. I don't have the yeah. numbers right in front of me right now, but he tested so crazy well at 6'1", 205, and blazed in the 40, and long arms, and leapt well. And his mental toughness, he just is, is he, he, his demeanor on the field is shut down corner like. So I think at the end of the day, when you put all those things together and, and how experienced he was, and he's not afraid to man up against anybody, I think that really endeared teams to him. And they felt good about the testing numbers too to think, okay, this guy does have shutdown qualities. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, more so than the other top corners in this draft, he followed around number one receivers. He had harder assignments. He certainly brings the attitude. He's the best athlete of the group, as you mentioned, test-wise. 
I get it. You know, I mean, uh, man coverage corners are a premium position. And now all of a sudden they have some attitude on defense, too, to go with all the youth they had last, you know, from last draft. And I have a feeling he's going to see a lot of the guy that the Falcons drafted in the same division, mm, number four yeah. overall, who he did man up against in college as well. And Kyle Pitts got him a few times, too. That's going to be a fun one to follow into the pros. Yeah, good point. Good point. I'm sure they will tangle once again. A pick I love, that Terrace Marshall out of LSU, the wide receiver. This is the first offensive player that this regime has drafted since Matt Rule took over as the head coach there for the Carolina Panthers last year. Terrace Marshall, late round two. He had no business falling to round two, but apparently some bad medical rechecks at the uh, Indianapolis non-combine rechecks. He had some, I think it was lingering, maybe knee or ankle issues. And that's what caused him to drop. And I heard some of those rumblings before the draft, and I didn't think he would fall even this far with that stuff because he obviously played. So that wasn't really a problem for him. And he's just too talented, and he was different than most of the wide receivers in this draft. You could find yourself a slot receiver all the way into late day three if you wanted to, but there was not many six, two and a half, two oh five, four three guys in this class, and Terrace Marshall was it. To get him at 59 overall is a is a wonderful you know pickup for Carolina and for Darnold and a lot of these picks obviously are for Darnold to be as more as comfortable as possible. Um, you know the Marshall can also play the slot. He reunites with Brady, the offensive coordinator who was there at LSU, and they were tearing things up with with Burrow. So a lot of familiarity. And both DJ Moore and Anderson, the two receivers, are free agents after this year. So right now, I think he steps right in as the three. Maybe he's the two a year from now. I love it. That's a really fun group. So we'll find out if Rule can coach Joe Brady and Sam Darnold has that second chance. He's got weapons. He's got uh, guys that have varied skill sets to throw to on offense. So much better situation than he walked into with the New York Jets. That's going to be a fun team to follow. And I, and I do like the direction that that franchise is going. Big question there, though, obviously, is with the quarterback up high that they passed on at number eight. Brady Christensen, I thought that was Find value from BYU offensive tackle in round three. Uh, the other, the second, third rounder here, Tommy Tremble, tight end from Notre Dame. And then uh, Hubbard, the running back from Oklahoma State in round four, which is a nice, I think, one-two with Christian McCaffrey there. Yeah, and I want to mention uh, Deontay Brown along with Christensen, the guard they took in the sixth round, who's just a massive, you know, masher out of Bama. And the reason I mention those two offensive linemen together is I think both of them are not – projects at all you know they're plug and play you know what they are Christensen doesn't have really long arms he's not a developmental player you know he's probably going to go in at left tackle and you know you know what you're going to get as rookies go and same with Brown and they needed that immediate O-line help um Tremble's a player I liked a lot he's a very good blocker very active tenacious kind of like a JC Horn mentality now that I think about it and he's bound to be more productive as a receiver than he was at Notre Dame. Day three, Davion Nixon, who's a big nose tackle type. Keith Taylor, corner from Washington, who I thought was a nice value. Really like the Shy Smith pick. I talked about how you could get a slot receiver late. I mean, th this is a fantastic value. Late round six, Shy Smith, J.C. Horn's teammate at South Carolina is a dynamic slot guy. He's exactly what you want your slot guys to look like, and he's competitive, and he can catch in traffic and make plays after the catch, really athletic as well. So love that selection. Just overall, I've loved the value that the Panthers have gotten in the draft the last two years. 
Yeah, and Shai Smith gets to uh, the roommate theory with J.C. Horn, and they're both Carolina folks. I mean, that area of the country. A lot of brand-name players in this group. I mean, you pretty much know all of them and what you're getting. I mentioned the offensive linemen. There's also some guys with flags, though, too. You know, Marshall is uh, an injury guy. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is coming off a really down year. Davian Nixon supposedly had some character stuff. So they didn't shy away from some red flag players either. And just in case Nixon doesn't hit, they drafted another 315-pound defensive tackle in Phil Hoskins out of Kentucky in round seven. Yeah, I don't know much about him, but you know, throw another one in the mix. And a long snapper. A couple long snappers went in this draft. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, I didn't mean to skip over the, the long snapper. What's your scouting <laughs> report? How's, how tight is his uh, under-the-ass spiral? <laughs> well, he's a Bama guy. It's my roommate theory. He can room with Deontay Brown, keep him out of the uh, – the buffet line. There, there you go. You that's, probably that's job, lined up yeah. next to him on special teams a, a time or two. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Where are we at here? Okay. Let's uh, let's finish this division up strong next. The NFC South draft wrap on this Tuesday edition of Peacock and Williamson. Raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter, just some of the flavors you can find at BuiltBar.com. A high-protein low sugar, low calorie snack you can feel good about and taste fantastic. No skimping on flavor when it comes to Built Bars. They're the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they are healthy too, which is exactly what I have a feeling you're looking for. And if you're not sure exactly which flavor to try or you haven't tried them all and you just want more flavors, build yourself a box of Built Bars or maybe find one of their limited edition flavors that can pop up at any time. Many bars have only 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs, even good for a keto diet. And best of all, you can save 15% using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Just go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. However in-depth with repairs you can and would like to get at home with your vehicle, rockauto.com allows you to do so. Or just the staples, the things that everybody needs. Jumper cables. Do you not have jumper cables in your car? Go get some at rockauto.com. Engine parts, brake parts, oil, whatever you need, rockauto.com has it, and they have reliably low prices, such an amazing selection. Go to rockauto.com. You will be blown away by the selection they have on any vehicle you could imagine. I'm scrolling rockauto.com. It goes all the way down to 1909 Model Ts. Yes, they have parts for that. It's crazy. So fix up that old car. Keep your new car running smooth. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Okay, Matt, the two teams that have been the cream of the crop in the NFC South for a while, especially those New Orleans Saints next, we'll talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are Super Bowl champions as well. And, you know, what do you get for a team that has everything? We'll find out what Tampa wanted to do there and, and what their uh, what their plan was in the draft. But let's start with the Saints, who might have shocked a lot of people with their selection in round one in Peyton Turner. Were you surprised when the Houston defensive end came off the board at 28? I was. Uh, I mean, I thought he was a solid second rounder, 
But, you know, I, I say this a lot. The end of the first round and mid-second rounders really aren't that different. There was a run on edge players at the end of the first round. You could see good teams wanting a premium position. Um, you know, maybe he's the Cam Jordan heir apparent in time. Uh, some insurance for Davenport, Hendrickson left, you know. So uh, I understand the position. You know, there's a lot of talk of them trading up for a corner, maybe trading up for Mac Jones. I mean, that's a typical Saints move. But I did not see this coming, I'll be honest. I mean, he fits the the prototype when you're talking about six foot six, 268 pounds. And at this portion of the first round, you're usually looking at who are your high second round grades anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and for that reason, it makes sense. And I think their back-to-back picks there felt very similar when the Green Bay Packers selected Eric Stokes. It's like, well, you know, they're they're not going to get that guy at that position in the second round probably. So let's just draft him now and, and, and get an impact position player because we're out of first round grades and that's what it felt like with Peyton Turner and he could be a very exactly. good player maybe we're underselling him who knows and honestly that happens every year I mean some of those last five picks in round one you end up with players like that you know I mean and we're too harsh on it because if they would have taken them at 34 we wouldn't have batted an eye Pete Werner, inside linebacker from Ohio State in round two. My favorite pick of the draft for the Saints was Paulson Adebo, the Stanford corner, yeah. who you know fits the height, weight, speed profile and is someone who could play early. I think they got themselves potentially a starter, maybe even as a rookie in the third round, which is fantastic value. Length, ball skills, smarts. I mean, I, th- yeah. I think he's a really nice prospect for them. I mentioned that there were rumors that they wanted to trade up in round one for a corner. Got him in the third round. Uh, the defense got an influx of talent, obviously, in the first you know two, day- two days of the draft. Warner, I think, is pretty close to a plug-and-play guy. Put him next to Demario Davis. But I got to admit, I, I, you know, every mock I did, I had guys like Kadarius Toney going to New Orleans. I'm shocked they didn't add one of these little fast, you know, slot four, three, 40 type guys. It's interesting because they ended up drafting a wide receiver out of South Alabama, Kawan Baker, who I didn't watch a single bit of before the draft, but you know, he's, he's got some size to him and more of a deep threat guy than a jitterbug slot player, which is interesting. So maybe with, you know, Winston, they're going to be chucking the ball down the field a little bit. Maybe that's what they were thinking at wide receiver. And they didn't want to go the route of one of these jitterbug quick slot type wide receivers in this draft I talked about their third rounder being my favorite pick my least favorite pick was probably Ian Book in round four I just don't see him as being someone who's you know uh, more than a clipboard holder in the NFL he might be my least favorite pick in the whole draft for any team to be honest with you I mean like (laughs) I've heard people say oh he maybe he'll be the next Taysom Hill well Taysom Hill runs like a four or five and runs people over and you know he's much better in the ball in his hands as Ian Book and Book can't throw. I mean, I think he's going to be a high school coach in two years. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought I didn't like the pick. Okay. Right, right. Uh, I mean, come on. The, Ian Book, there's a, the Book family might be listening, Matt. I hope not. Well, I hope they are. Spread the word. Leave us five-star review. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's well, – yeah, hold on. I'll, I'll get you some big, some big picture thoughts here from you in a minute, Matt. But let's finish up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers real quick and go through this. Joe Tryon, who probably had similar grades to Peyton Turner, edge player out of Washington here. Uh, athletic upside, obviously, with, with Joe Tryon there. And I, I think there, I did have you know a little bit of some sourcing here with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that nailed it. They said, look out for a defensive lineman trying to maybe even trade up in round one, and then quarterback 
most likely Kyle Trask in round two. So that, that was some good information I got, and that's exactly how this thing sure played was. out. They went with the edge in round one. I was thinking it was going to be Barmore in round one. They went Joe Tryon, and then Kyle Trask. Is this the heir apparent to Tom Brady in round two, Matt? Maybe not, but at the end of round two, it's worth a shot. And if he's a long-term backup, it's still worth the pick. Um, you know, I, I don't love Trask because I don't think he's all that gifted. But what a spot for him to learn from an amazing you know, mentor and see how things go. And uh, we know that um, Arians loves pocket passer types, you know, doesn't you know need athleticism and running you know, skills from that position. And he kind of knew defensive line was going to be the last pick in the first round. You know, you mentioned Barmore. Tryon might not be my favorite, but I, maybe that's because he was a little out of sight, out of mind this year. You know, just add one more D lineman to the mix on a team that doesn't need anything. I'm all for that strategy. Then they had a little fun on day three. Jalen Darden from North Texas. Talk about small speed, 5'8", 174 pounds, dynamic. I think he was the day three version of Rondale Moore that people were talking about as a first or second round player. If you didn't get that guy, but you wanted that type of player, Jaden Darden was for you. And so that's what the Tampa Bay Bucks did here uh, in the fourth round. KJ Britt, Auburn inside linebacker, Chris Wilcox, BYU corner in round seven, and then Grant Stewart, an outside linebacker from Houston in round seven. Anything jump out to you from the mid late rounds of this Tampa draft? I like Hainsey a lot, uh, tackle at Notre Dame, probably a guard, maybe even a center, but he may be the sixth man, you know, on that Tampa offensive line. And when in doubt for a team that doesn't need anything, give me a defensive lineman, give me an offensive lineman. You know, like we'll get to the Bills at some point. That's what they did. You know, they have a really good roster. So we'll just take some linemen at the top of the draft. I mean, those are positions we don't want to be ever light on. And I think that's what Tampa did here. Um, and I mentioned I really like you know, Jalen Dardan a lot. You know, I mean, fast, skinny, um, but they don't need receivers at all. But, hey, I mean, I guess he was too good to pass up. They probably had a much higher grade on him than the fourth round. Overall, takeaways, uh, who do you think had the best draft here in the NFC South? Hmm. Did some of those teams play catch-up to the Saints and the Bucks in this division? I think Carolina had the best draft. I mean, Kyle Pitts is the best player Atlanta had the earliest picks. That's kind of cheating just to say they had the best draft. And I, I didn't dislike what Atlanta did at all. And I love, love Pitts. But I thought Carolina had a nice plan, added a lot of different things, um, moved around the board a little bit too. So I don't know that they've I, – I, I don't know. I, I mean, can Atlanta be a 9 or 10 win team in a lot of high-scoring games? I think that's possible. I have a lot of respect for their head coach, but I don't know that Atlanta or Carolina can challenge for the division. And I'm not sure New Orleans is a powerhouse they used to be, but their roster quarterback questions aside is strong. I liked, I feel the same way. I really liked Carolina's draft. I would have taken Justin Fields. I know you were big on Justin Fields, but I know you like Sam Darnold a lot coming out. So does that make you feel a little bit better thinking, you know what, maybe there is something there for Sam Darnold and you only got him for a second round pick and you're able to and essentially that's what Matt Rule said after said hey look we really believe in Sam Darnold we like him he's still really young and we thought the combination of Sam Darnold plus who we could get with our first round pick which turned out to be J.C. Horn was better than drafting a quarterback there right and part of me also thinks and maybe this comes from ownership that the second Deshaun Watson gets cleared 
they might be the team that's still calling. Like I always thought he was going to end up in Carolina some way, shape or form. And uh, that I, I am kind of a Darnold fan. Uh, I just didn't want to abandon that ship. And I think there's a lot of talent there, but this off season, maybe Darnold ends up in Houston. You know what I mean? Interesting. There is uh, some trade winds blowing. It does feel like there could be some more movement absolutely this summer, and I think that might dominate some headlines and it might dominate some episodes here of Peacock and Williamson. Tomorrow we will move on to the AFC East. Thursday we'll talk schedule release, whatever other uh, news there is around the NFL, and then finish up the week with the NFC East, and we'll be done with our post-draft wraps, and we'll come back next week with a big episode featuring your questions so get those in early if you want at bd peacock at williamson nfl be back tomorrow talking afc east right here peacock and williamson